Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddy. This is a podcast about... Shh, shh, shh. Come here, come here, come here. It's about kissing. <laughs> what if it was just a kissing podcast and we talk about all the new techniques? I've been working on a new thing, and it's called the Philadelphia Twister. There's cream cheese. There's cream... You put a bunch of cream cheese <laughs> and locks in your mouth, and then you just mm. get in there... And you explore with the tongue and you move the cream and fish between the two mouths back and forth. I don't know what that voice was. It was a few different ones of speaking in tongues. We just watched Love Connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, so we're not doing Bachelor in Paradise. For many reasons. For so many reasons. And we are moving away as we announced last week. From, from the Bachelor Bachelor franchise as a whole, which we're still figuring out. News to come. Um, and so we decided, hey, let's watch that that new Andy Cohen joint. They brought back that uh, that, that Chuck Woolery flavor we've all been crying out for, uh, well, which is the reboot of Love Connection. And I got to say, babe, because we just watched an episode that if our goal was to avoid talking about a show that um had started to make us feel very bad that this was i I might suggest kind of a lateral movement (laughs) kind of a maybe a step from one hot hot frying pan into another still pretty bad frying pan yeah hey hey singles we get it it's tough out there but it's not it's not this tough it's nothing is nothing on earth is this tough this this was surprisingly one of the meanest television shows I've ever seen. Yes. Which, And I say I was surprised because it has love in the name of it. They should rename the show Hate Blasters because <laughs> that's what it felt like they were doing. They were in this very big overwrought, Rachel thought it was the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire place, like Red Laser Tag Arena. And they were just blasting each other with the most despicable shit and it didn't seem very romantic to me, but maybe I'm old fashioned or maybe they're old fashioned and things used to be really shitty. Um, can I give you a little history of the show? Please do. Cause we also tried to watch some old ones and like apparently every, um, video thing that was recorded before like 2005. Well, I'm talking to you from the inside of a VHS that was dubbed into another VHS. <laughs> you always slip into Andre the Giant. I know, I do a little bit. <laughs> uh, so the show ran from 83 to 94. Pretty good run. Uh, hosted, as you mentioned, by Chuck Woolery. Um, it was incredibly popular. Um, if you compare it to other game shows... Uh, it is right behind uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune as the longest lasting game show. In Holy shit. We, uh, but it, it has since been surpassed by Family Feud and Millionaire. Yeah. I mean, Millionaire is a fucking uh, sensation. Do you remember? As, do you remember? As of 1993, among the couples who met on the show, according to Chuck Woolery, there were 29 marriages, eight engagements and 15 children. That's incredible. Yeah. 
And uh, so Woolery apparently created his trademark phrase, two and two on Love Connection, which referred to the fact that commercial breaks used to be two minutes and two seconds. That isn't true anymore. No, that is definitely not true now. <laughs> now it's like a 30 second ad for the new thin Oreos that nobody asked for. And then a fucking like minute and a half long Jack in the Box ad where they're just yelling the whole time. I wanted to ask you in there. Do, do you remember where you were the first time somebody won the million dollars? We used to watch Who Wants to Be It. That show, I, I mentioned that it was like a fucking sensation. We watched that show every week, I think. It was on Weekly originally. We it, watched that show. You, when you say we, you mean your fam? Me and my fam, yeah. Mm. No, we, I didn't watch it that regularly. That dude won. Do you know the story of the dude who won the million dollars first? I do not, know. Is that what Slumdog Millionaire is based on? No, it's better. <laughs> this, dude, this dude is like crushing it, right? And nobody won the million dollars. The show been running for a while. And everybody usually, you know, really smart folks might get to 250 and $250,000 is like This is back crazy. when Regis hosted it, right? Yeah, it's back in the, in the Regis era. Now it's Chris Harrison, right? And he's still it is. up yeah, in the set? Yeah, it was Meredith Vieira for a right. while. Now it's Chris Harrison. And this dude made it to the million dollar question. And it was, he still had one lifeline left. Ooh. And so he had to phone a friend. And I forget the question was, but he asked it. And without missing a beat, he was like, I'd like to use my phone a friend. And and Reg was like, you got it. And he he calls his dad. His dad answers. And Reg is like, you got 30 seconds. Go. And he's like, hey, dad, uh, I don't actually need any help. I just wanted to call and tell you I'm going to win a million dollars. And he answered Ooh, the question right. I just got chills. I was in Cotillion when it happened. I missed it. I had to watch it on AOL the next day. Okay. I, I had to AOL. There's so much about that anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even the grand ball of Cotillion. It was just like a fucking dance practice. I was learning how to eat lasagna without getting it all over myself. A lesson I clearly did not take to <laughs> yeah, heart, as evidenced by the fact that you made a face. With... <laughs> and I missed it. I missed it. Damn you it. You didn't say, hey, hey, mom, hey, dad, can I stay home? This is a big night for millionaire. I don't want to. I didn't know the dude was going to win. Nobody fucking knew. Reg didn't know. His dad didn't know. There are so many unaware parties. It was so wonderful. And here I am like, is this a soup knife? Fuck. Mm. So clueless. I'm sorry, babe. Um, can well, we continue? Yeah, let's talk about this fucking, let's talk about Hate Blasters. Let's get back into it. This show didn't used to be that, uh, uh, I can't speak, we watched like 45 seconds of one episode and then like a minute and a half from another from like 1989 and 1992. But it's in that time, nobody said, yeah, I think, she, um, I think she's ugly. So like, that's already an improvement over 2017 era. Yeah. We intended to watch old episodes of the show. We did not quite make it through one. Uh, so the show is, as Griffin mentioned, in front of a live studio audience in what seems to be the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire set. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's actually true, but it looked a lot like it. Uh, hosted by Andy Cohen. Yes, who your mom adores. He is. He's from St. Louis. St. Louisian. Which makes him a fave automatically. And he also hosts all those Real Housewife shows, which my mom does also love. We're going to, I guess, talk about one of the Real Housewives is on this episode. And like, I feel way out of my depth. I've never watched even yeah. like, I've never watched a frame of one of those shows. I've watched a few minutes. I have never been grabbed by it, though. Okay. Uh, so the new thing about this version of Love Connection that did not exist previously is that if contestants pick the same person as the audience, um, regarding the date choice, 
they get $10,000. Yeah. So to, to clarify, each episode has like two blocks uh, with like one main contestant who goes on three dates and then they all weigh in. And when they introduce the three dates, the audience like gut check votes on who they think is had the best connection with the suitor. And then at the end of their block, the suitor picks a person to like go on another date with. And if that decision is the same as the audience prediction, then they get $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in is, the episode we watched, Griffin and I guess right both times. Well, and because, and you brought this up, it was like, <laughs> the main person was like, what's up? My name is Mark and uh, I'm a NASCAR driver. And then like the first like woman would pop up and she'd be like, hi, my name is uh, Susan and I'm a dentist. And the second one would be like, hi, my name is um, Melissa and uh, I'm a, I'm a personal chef. And the third one is like, my name is Kiera and I'm a NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh, oh I see. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I see what you've done here. Yeah. And then in this episode, the first two would come out and be like, I hate Mark's fucking guts. <laughs> and the third one would come out and be like, I think I'm ready to marry Mark. And then they're like, let's see who he picked. And it's like, yeah. yo. Yeah. Both times on this episode when they were like, let's see who Mark picked. It was like, yeah. No, clearly he picked that person. There's like a big drawbridge that they lower down. This is not a joke that they lower down to like let the person who they picked like walk across. And it was like the audience cheers. And it's like, of course it's Kiera. Yeah. No big surprises. Uh, so we start out the episode not with a real housewife, but with Ricardo, who is 33, lives in LA and is a magician. What? Um, very much a magician. Uh, and we should be clear here. I won't be able to get scared by the occult. He's like a cards <laughs> magician. At least he's not was... a he's not a warlock as we far as we know. could. Well, he didn't. There were no portals opened to nether realms. Just card up close, upfront magic. Yes, upfront magic is nothing. Um, he is re- doing his best. <laughs> uh casting his spells and uh uh doing doing a lot of stuff with you know, there's a lot of, he's very proud of how he can fan out the cards but, but not exactly a king of hearts isn't that i thought he said explicitly i like to think of myself as the king of hearts oh, i thought i was just coming up with that fresh no baby no babe <laughs> the love can the hate blaster got inside of you he's looking for his queen of diamonds. Playing with the queen of hearts. You know that song? No, it ain't really smart. Who was that? I don't know. Playing with the queen of hearts. Who did that? Hey, Siri. I don't have an iPhone. I don't know why I'm talking to Siri. Juice Newton, of course. Oh, of course, Juice Newton. It's always juice. Um, Yeah, his package is just, he's a very, he's a very. He does kind of give us a tip off, though, because he says, like, I've been out with girls before, and some of them just wanted the magic. I would do magic for like three hours, and then they would leave without even a kiss or anything. And yeah, so you that's get a, a little teaser that magic is not just something he does like on the side. No, it's his it's his whole thing. It's his and, whole thing. And also, he is a living human being living in today's world in 2017 who thinks that if he does enough magic tricks he is owed sex <laughs> which is cool i don't understand i did the rings i did the little cup thing i made a dove disappear and then reappear and then no sex not even hand stuff do you want to meet the ladies that were matched to rick 
Uh, matched is a very strong term, but yeah, let's let's. I just called him Rick real casually. His name's Ricardo. Yeah, let's not say Rick. I just I thought I was that familiar with him. I guess. Uh, first we meet Melissa. She's thirty two from Santa Monica, and she's an event meeting planner. Uh, she likes to go out. Uh, and so she thinks that she's going to be very attractive to the guys because she likes to go out and have a good time. But she also loves makeup and heels. And she says something like, what else could you want? And it's like, uh, not that there's anything, not that there's anything wrong with that lifestyle, but that's a really wild thing to say. I love to go out and party, but I also love make out, makeup and heels. What else could you want? And it's like, <laughs> what's up, lots Melissa? Of- I like, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I like to drink water when I'm thirsty. What more could you want? <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's like, my name is Melissa. I like uh, to eat spicy food, but I also like to work uh, and, you know, work nine to five and further my career. What else could you want? And it's like, that's good. What but up? there's a lot, there's like a lot of other stuff I need to know about you, Melissa, what before up? I can say, I need nothing else from a human. What up? My name's Melissa. I've never murdered anyone uh-huh. and I don't torture animals. <laughs> what what, more, could what you want? more could you want? Those are great. No, great. But more i want i would want a little bit more second also we need to talk about the presentation of these little packages because it is i think i said this is like next for adults Mm -hmm. it is like even the fucking like logo and design treatment that they used like was hyper next like neo futuristic Mm -hmm. next second up is madison she's 26 also uh lives in la like ricardo does uh she's a professional fire dancer uh she specializes in hula hoop work uh, she likes to party also, uh, and has been known to get up and dance on a table, but in a classy way. What more could you want? What more could you want? Uh, and then finally we have Allison, 28, West Hollywood. Uh, she's a dental office manager and she has been known to stalk, uh, her potential suitors on social media. And she, hey, also likes to drink. Uh, yeah, they make some, they make a, they make a lot of light out of that. That was, that was their terminology of like, yeah, I like to stalk on social media and like check, check them out real deeply beforehand. And like, even Andy like made a joke about it as he was introing the package, like she turns stalking into a hobby. And I was like, cool. It sucks. That's a shitty. All right. Uh, so this is where the studio audience, after seeing these three videos, picks uh, the woman they think matched with him. And then we go to the first date, which is with Melissa. These, they're not there, but they are there. It's weird. In their effort. They're on the bridge. They're in, on the other side of the bridge. Yeah. In their effort to make them not there, they make them way more there than they would be if they were just sitting on a couch with them. I guess that fucking Mike Fleiss decided that that would be too boring just to have two human beings sit next to each other talking about a date. And so instead he went with sort of a Wizard of Oz style presentation. A huge screen. Where this giant fucking screen. Like, what What do you think? Like three story tall? Eight story tall. <laughs> uh, drive-in theater screen. Uh, and, and it's just like the, the date's face up there. As they look down upon this ant-sized Andy Cohen and their, you know, wronged suitor, and 
descend their judgment upon them. It was fucking wild. It, it is it is difficult to watch. Uh, so this is maybe the cruelest part of the date. Uh, right away, Andy will ask them what their first impressions were, and then they will be asked to assign uh, a number value, one to ten. I think they did this in like during the date. That that was the impression that I got. Like during the date, they meet each other, and then are like at first impressions, give a number. Then in the moment. Um, and so like some stuff could happen there, right? Like you meet somebody like fucking bad first impression, but then you really, really hit it off with them. Yeah. And then later you're sitting in front of a studio audience. You're like, Oh, you thought I was a two. That yeah. sucks. So Melissa gave Ricardo a six, which isn't great, but is, you know, not better insulting. than a fucking three. Ricard, you jumped on my reveal. <laughs> Maybe I didn't know you were looking forward to it. This one. Ricardo gave Melissa drum roll. What could it be? Could it be like a six also, maybe? Maybe more than a six. I don't know. What was it? A three. Can you believe a three? That's like... You can, because Griffin just spoiled it. (laughs) That's a deep F. That's like a... If you got a 30% on a paper, like, that's a deep F. There was no saving that F. That sucks. That's really rough. And also, you know what else is really rough? This whole thing, man... This whole kit and caboodle yeah. of like, yeah, yeah, that's great. Hey, can you do me a number? Hey, can you do me a favor? Just put a number on that person based on how you think they are attractively. Just give me that. Tell me that right now. Immediately. Right now. Okay, enjoy your day. This won't come up later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so at this point, they talk about their date. Uh, Melissa tells us Ricardo was 45 minutes late. Well, that's that's like... That's like L.A. 15 minutes late. but <laughs> uh, They went to get sushi. Apparently, he did a lot of magic uh, <laughs> just in that first part of the day. She said something kind of funny, which was like, Andy said, was there magic? And she said, there was actual magic, <laughs> but there wasn't romantic magic. He like had his cards with him and was like doing a bunch of his tricks. And she, he said, you didn't, you said you wanted more. And she said, I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to say like, please put your magic cards away. And at that point, like that is a little bit on Melissa of you got to say like, bro, you got to put those fucking magic cards away so we can talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they, after dinner, they were next door to a bar, so they went for drinks. And at this point, Melissa said that Ricardo became more engaged with the bartender than with her. And he said, uh, he was a he was a cool guy. We were there. That's what he said. He was a cool guy. We were there. Um, And so, clearly, uh, there will be no second date. No, she says, like, I was there, and I, like, was very thoughtful and didn't get my phone out, and you, like, didn't pay attention to me, and you are a shithead. Bye. Yeah. Uh, second person is Allison. Um, I, got, I, I, I really want to drive this home, though. She was, like, saying this stuff, like, you fucking hurt my feelings, and I thought you were a big piece of shit. And, like, yes, I, it, it, all of that was uh, on point, it seemed like, but it was also being said out of a 40-foot-tall head that was, like, <laughs> looking down over the audience like fucking Zordon. In Chicago... Uh, where the bean is, there's also those big giant yes, faces. Yes, that yes, spit yes, water. in the fountain. Like yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Allison. Andy Cohen, uh, before we go to a commercial break, says, Will Allison think Ricardo is a Houdini or a Hooweenie? He loved that. He had a lot of fun with that, with that read. It's hard to watch. It was disappointing. <laughs> uh, 
So good first impressions here. Um, Ricardo thinks immediately um, that Allison is attractive and Allison thinks the same. Well, that's not the only thing Allison thinks. Well, Allison also, when she finds out he's from Italy, tells us she immediately thinks, oh, I wonder if he's uncircumcised. I'm going to look up a Wikipedia article about the prevalence of circumcision. It's just specifically in Italy. Less than 20%. Okay. I wonder how she knew that. I mean, it's a lot of countries. It's like a lot of European countries, Armenia, Austria, Belarus, Belgium, Bulgaria, Czech Republic. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot. She a lot, goes a lot. on to talk about how that w- would potentially be an issue for her. And I'm just thinking, why am I watching this show? <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. A, a, a lot of, listen, babe, there were a lot of things that went wrong here. First of all, like, why is this show like this? Why are you this uh, biased against circumcisions? How do how are you this curious? Why is this a thing for you? Um, And then ultimately, I think we can start reaching the layers of like, why are you and I watching this? How did we get here as people? Where did things go wrong? Uh, So Ricardo thinks Allison is a nine. Allison thinks Ricardo is an eight. Uh, although she does say when they met up for the first part of their date at happy hour, he was 20 minutes late. That's like five minutes LA late. That's not <laughs> so a little better than Melissa, but not great. Uh, she it goes took a on. while to zero it in for his next date. He was 65 minutes early and he's like, damn it. <laughs> uh, she says um, that men should arrive early so that the woman can be five minutes late and make an entrance. And then he says that he likes to make an entrance. And I said, why can't everyone just be on time like adults? Yes. Have you, um, I know you didn't do like a bunch of like, like dating. No. But were you, I, 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 I did like a little bit. And I, I, take, was, I take no time to get ready at all. So I am always on time or early. I mean, regardless, like if you take a lot of time to get early, ready, you just get started earlier and then you get there on time. And I know that's easy for me to say, right? But you know what you I just used get to the, find, You just get there on time. You know what I used to find exhausting. I don't know if you did this in college because I know you didn't live in the dorms, but everybody would get together and like pregame before a big college party. Yes. And we would always start super early and it took me like three minutes to get ready. And then I was standing around in my friend's (laughs) dorm room for 45 minutes, like trying to get hype, you know, listening to uh, Crazy Town. And like, oh, babe, <laughs> like trying to figure out what I was going to do with my sweater. Were you? Oh, babe. <laughs> I bet you're so free spirited. <laughs> um, not a lot of not a lot of good times back then. <laughs> I mean, we were all listening to Crazy Town. I don't I think we were all going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so sorry, I need to close this Wikipedia article about circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Ricardo says that he thinks the first part of the date went great. Um, and this is when Allison kind of calls him out and says, what do you know about me? Yeah. He says, I didn't really feel much of a connection after that. And she said, well, you didn't feel a connection because you didn't fucking ask me anything the entire She's time. Like, I know he's a magician, that he's a stuntman, that he works all the time. Um, but he doesn't know anything about me. Uh, and then we get the selfie cam, which is her on the date recording, uh, her her gut reaction in a video and she talks about how annoying he is and says that she can't understand anything he says because his accent's so thick He's, she says something like his accent's really thick and that sucks and it's like oh, oh allison. man allison there's a lot of stuff okay just accents 
circumcision. There's a lot of things. You have a lot of really shitty opinions about yeah. it, sounds like, a little bit. Uh, and so the second part of the date... They go to an L.A. Kings game, which is a hockey team. And in her defense, real quick, though, she did say, like, tell me literally one thing about me. And he is like, I can't. And it's like, okay, so you're maybe just doing, um, you know, you're trying to push a coin through a bottle magically. Maybe Uh, the whole time. She says that she got sunrise tickets and they were really good. And the best part of it was that she got to know the people they were sitting near. Yep. That's a bummer. It's a hockey game. Those are great seats. Have fun. You fall in love. It's a very romantic environment. It you is. It's snug- kind of chilly. It's chilly, so you got to snuggle up, and you can have there's like excitement. There's, fun there's snacks. There's excitement. There's uh, we will rock we you. We will rock you is a very sexy song. <laughs> you stomp, and you're like gun gun clack, gun gun clack, and you look over, Ooh. and it's just like your heartbeat. You know that gun gun clack because your heart. I'm myself right now. Your heart beats twice, and then it claps. That's how they got the beat for that song. Anyway, very sexual place. <laughs> Uh, finally, Ricardo's date with Madison, uh, and they are super into each other. Yeah. Madison, as you'll recall, is the fire dancer. Uh, she thinks that he is very good looking. He thinks she has a great energy. They both give each other an eight. Yeah. So Andy kept saying like, oh, a fire dancer and a magician. It was meant to be. And I don't know what kind of fucking circus McGurkis style <laughs> entertainment acts Andy has been witnessing, but I don't know that I... Magicians used to have assistants that would dance, dance around. Dance with fire? Well, maybe not fire, but, you know, they're both performers. Okay. I get that. I it's, guess I get it's it. It's not a crazy thought. Um, So she plans the date. For some reason, I guess whoever is being involved in this process is the one that plans the date because she plans the date to start out at her dance studio where they get a private pole dance class. Um, and then we get a photo. Uh, this that- <laughs> photo was so challenging. So the idea is that they have this pole dance class and it goes really well. And Andy asks if there's any kind of like chemistry of things started to heat up and they say, yeah, and he says, well, let's go to the photo. And it's them sitting in a car together, touching their tongues. And he has a deck of cards fanned out. <laughs> you got to understand, they were sitting in the passenger seat and driver's seat with, a, am guessing, a gear shift between them. With their heads sort of tilted to the side. I'm trying to paint as clear a picture as I can. Not looking at each other, just their heads sort of tilted to the side, looking at the camera in front of them. Their tongues kind of stretched askew (laughs) to meet in the middle of their two, like, cockeyed heads. While in the corner of the frame, we see, what's that? It's a deck of playing cards that he has fanned out that he's holding while she is taking this selfie. It is... The gr- it is it is Botticelli esque. It is it is a perfectly composed image. And you think it, if if it was going less well, he'd only fan out half the deck. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think this image belongs in the fucking Guggenheim, and we only got to see it for like <laughs> half a second, uh, and it was off screen, like far away, and I was really angry about it. It's kind of it's fun to watch because at first your eyes are drawn to the tongues touching, and then you kind of look down and you're like, oh wait. Oh, wait, there's cards. There's a deck of cards. Cards. Like, part of me gets it, right? They had to, like, do stuff during this date. Like, go shoot a selfie video in the bathroom and take a picture that we can show. And so you want to make, like, a goofy pose. But even with all of that information in mind, even with all that context, touching tongues 
in the front seats of a car while he fans out a deck of playing cards <laughs> is the... It makes me wonder if he did photos with Allison where they were at the hockey game and he fanned out cards. <laughs> I would be surprised if those women allowed any photos to be taken at that point. Uh, so after the dance studio, they go to a nice restaurant uh, and it's on the beach and they have drinks. Uh, and then they go out to the beach after and... Uh, she has arranged a private fire dance show. Uh, Can I just say, joking aside, this woman really fucking put her, her back into planning this day. Well, it's her wheelhouse. I mean, how hard would it be for her to plan a, a pole dance or a fire dance show? Like, saying, this that's, is her world. That's, that's like four locations and... It's, I don't she know. just called up two of her friends and was like, hey, come do this date. That's more work than I've ever put into a date. Oh, or Griffin. I, or I call my... No, 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 no. I've never like called my friends and be like, "Hey, come do our job on the beach while we have cocktails on the on the beach." Like that's a that's that's a lot of work for like a fucking reality show, uh, you know, hate blaster experience. <laughs> well, to be fair, if you called one of your <laughs> friends <laughs> to do the job, I would call Chris Plant and I'd be like, "Hey, come over and you and I are gonna play Towerfall and." We're I guess really gonna impress Rachel. We're really gonna impress Rachel with our good our good skills. <laughs> that is actually kind of how our dating life started. <laughs> That's not true, and it's mean to say it like that. Well, you did play Towerfall. Didn't come out until like twenty February twenty sixteen. You did play a lot of video games in front of me, though. Did I? Remember you had to play that Zelda game. Oh yeah, that's right. I was reviews editor. That's right. Uh-huh. We were reviews editor. I was reviews editor when you I would met. go over to your apartment and you'd play a lot so, of video games yeah, in front of me. Yeah, the Skyward Sword, like the last Zelda game on Wii came out and you mm-hmm. just like I had oh my god, that was right. I had 6 days to review that game and it was like a 60 hour long thing and so just for a week you every time you came over I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to mm-hmm. collect all the Triforce." It was very sweet. Griffin and I spent like every day together pretty much from the very beginning of our relationship. But that did mean that I watched him play a lot of video games. Those were those like crunch sessions. Those were dark fucking days, though. I mean, I like me a Zelda game, but holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that has nothing to do with hate blasters. Who does he pick? <laughs> I wonder. He picks the fire dancer. Yes. Uh, which is also who the audience chose. And so they get $10,000 or rather he gets $10,000, I guess. They're very clear about that. And then, uh, the show, uh, accommodates them with a luxury overnight date. Nice. Now, in the olden days, there was no money, but they would get a second date from the show. Yes. Not an overnight date, though. I'm wondering if I can go on a luxury date with you right now, but only if I can steal you away. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. Oh, no, my wife's an android the whole time. I hope she doesn't get Blade Runnered. Um, so we got some sponsorinos this time. And the first one is Casper. Talking about those mattresses they got. They're an online retailer of premium, obsessively engineered mattresses that you can get for a fraction of the price. Uh, we have one in the nursery uh, before this freeloader slept in there all the time. We would uh, we'd sleep on that that really nice bed, and it was very, very great. And it's, it was our guest room for a while, and so guests yeah, would come in and sleep on it. Yeah, we had a lot of guests it. sleep on it. Um, um, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice. Like, it very... Uh, very firm but soft. It's a good, it's a good mix. Yeah. Uh, they have a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on a Casper for a hundred days with free delivery to the U.S. and Canada and painless returns. All the mattresses are made in America, and Casper mattresses feature supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. I like that. <laughs> 
Uh, listeners can get $50 towards any mattress purchase if you go to casper.com slash rosebuddies and use the promo code rosebuddies, all one word, at checkout. Terms and conditions. You know they're going to apply. We live in an area of Austin that is mattress country. Uh, there are a lot of stores, um, and you can't always tell what you're getting at those stores. So this is a good way to uh, to get, get a, to get what you need. Get a nice mattress. Babe, our next sponsor is Me Undies. Can you tell the people about Me Undies a little bit? Oh, Me Undies. Uh, very, very comfortable underwear. Griffin is wearing some right now with a very fun print on them. Looks like stained glass. Uh, very but fl- it doesn't feel like stained glass. It feels like micromodal fabric. You know what we don't talk about enough? Uh, very flattering underwear. For um, the jinnies and the butt. Even if you're just going to put on this pair of underwear to go on a date, they're very comfortable. You think, oh, well, that can't be attractive. But it is. It's very attractive. It's the attractive. most attractive. It makes, a griffin, it griffin makes my zone good. look like a, like a, to- like a, like a, to- a topiary. Nope. <laughs> like a, like a statue in a museum. I like a topiary better. It's more accessible. Yeah. But, but so they are made of lensing prickly. micromodal. That's true. It's like a, Micromodal topiary. Okay. <laughs> it's made of lensing micromodal, a sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric that has proven to be three times uh, softer than cotton. Fuck cotton. It's, um, you can order a pair and if you don't love them, they're free. It's National Underwear Month. So it's, it's try, it's time to try me undies risk free. Cause if you, if you get them and you don't like them and they're not for you, they're free. Uh, so that is uh, from now until August 31st. You can get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping at meundies.com slash rosebuddies. That's meundies.com slash rosebuddies. Get these underwear. The lounge pants are also not nothing to sneeze yeah, at. I got Griffin a pair of lounge pants as a gift, and they are his favorite sleep pants. I wore them so much, the stink ain't never come out of these things. Okay. No, they don't stink. They're made of micromodal. Anyway, that's uh, meundies.com slash rosebuddies. This message is for Ian. It is from Kari. Hello, my dear. I wish you the happy- Hi, baby. Oh, I didn't. Oh, sorry. It's a message. I don't. When you say that, though, I see it. I'm like excited. Go ahead, though. I won't do it. I won't do it a second time. Hello, my dear. I forgot. Go ahead. Sorry. I did it. I get so excited about our love. I wish you the happiest of birthdays. I love you more than anyone. And I'm so grateful we get to spend every week together listening to Rose Buddies. I can't wait to see what the next year has in store for us. Love, Kari. Ninja and Velcro. Uh, are those pets or? Does not say. I bet it's two little teacup pigs. Can you imagine? Oh, that's fun. It's a Ninja and Velcro. I'm trying. I was trying to think of an animal that like both of those names would be really those good would be for good it. Ferret names. Ah, uh, Ninja feels a little on the nose, but a little teacup pig named Ninja. That's fucking great that's stuff. Cute. Now, I, but I hope I don't make you disappointed, person who sent in this message. If it's not a teacup pig. God loves all creatures, great and small. Hey, I've got another Jumbotron here. This one's for Bradley, and it's from uh, Tirza, who says, Hey, dummy, surprise. Why I- did you just call me dummy, Griffin? Oh, it's you you're see? doing a bit. Like, well, yeah, you did it hurts. To me. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, but you taught me something just then. And now I know not to do it again in the future. Okay, okay. good. Hey, dummy, surprise. I uh, got you a shout out from our favorite podcast couple. Thank you so much for being my best friend, loving me unconditionally, and getting me hooked on McElroy content. I love you, and I'm so excited for all our future adventures together. Uh, P.S. Hey, Megan, congrats on the Peace Corps. Make peace your B word. 
I don't necessarily feel comfortable <laughs> reading that out loud, Tirza, but I like the idea of, I don't think the Peace Corps goes around and beats up peace, but maybe, I, I'll be honest, I've, I've not done too deep a, a Google dive on that one. So, Well, I will say I did AmeriCorps and we didn't go around and beat up America. Okay, okay. So that might stand. But see, I played the Nintendo 64 game Blast Core, and that game did involve going around and blasting a lot of things. And, you know, the Bugle Core does beat up bugles. Hey, Max Fun fans. It's me, Jesse, the owner of Maximum Fun. I've got a question for you. Will you help us make our shows better? We wanted to find a way to find out what the Max Fun community thinks about our shows. So we started something called the Max Fun Listener Panel. Basically, you subscribe to a podcast feed and twice a month or so, roughly speaking, we'll send you an episode of a show and instructions on how to fill out a quick survey about what you think about that show. Ten questions, nothing too crazy. You'll be hearing existing shows that we're thinking about making changes to, secret pilots of shows that we're developing that you'll only hear this way, uh, shows we're considering adding to the network, and what you think about them really matters to us. So to join the panel, it's easy. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. That's MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. Thanks for helping make Max Fun better. You ready to get back to the show? Um, yeah, it's about to take a turn for like, I think the worse a little bit if you can believe that. Well, it turns out okay, though. It turns out great. So this is where we uh, meet up with Ramona Singer, who is the Real Housewife from Real Housewives of New York. I think there. <laughs> I don't think she is the real, <laughs> the Real Housewife of the Real Housewives of New York, right? Well, she's no, got, but I'm just saying. The, oh, in this show, the okay. one we referenced. I earlier. was thinking of it like I'm Ramona, and I'm the Real Housewife of New York, and these are all my wild <laughs> friends. I also believe they are also Real Housewives. Yeah, no, I, I understand the premise of the show. Um, so Ramona, we find out is, uh, fun and unfiltered. Um, <laughs> Andy, uh, tells us to get ready to go on the Ramona coaster. I'm not ready. Uh, we find out that Ramona, I'm guessing this happened in the arc of the show. Absolutely. Uh, but she's married 23 years and then her husband cheated on her. That's um, a tough, that sucks. She said she was, she didn't get married until she was 37 because she didn't want to get married until she knew it was going to like last yeah. and marry this dude. And they were married for 23 years yeah. after getting married at 37 and then it fell apart. That's, yeah, that's tough. rough. Especially if it actually happened on the television show. Yeah, that sucks a lot too. Uh, so the guys, they've lined up for Ramona. So first we meet Mark, who is 43, uh, lives in Monterey Park. And is a personal trainer, uh, and is very excited about his abs. Uh, and he says that he is undefeated in 15 months of boxing, wrestling. It's not exactly fighting. sure. I, so we, based on the promo, it looked like boxing after his appearance. I'm going to go ahead and say wrestling. <laughs> yeah. He hits himself in the stomach a lot to show how hard his abs are. It's probably fucking bad for your spleen, but go ahead, dude. You do you. Chase your bliss, standing in truth. Chase that secret. Second is Kenneth. Kenneth is 51, uh, Riverside, Connecticut, and is a retired firefighter. And then he says something about how the appearance of the woman isn't all there is, but he says it kind of crudely. There's mention of uh, TNA, 
Uh, he talks about how that's all fluff. I didn't write it down word for word. It was gross. Yeah, he seemed bad. It's a gross thing. And then finally, and then we meet a NASCAR driver. Yeah, we meet Rich, who is fifty-five, a former f- sportscaster. Um, he is a current entrepreneur. Uh, has been single for fifteen years after a seven-year marriage. Handsome, handsome man. I'll, handsome let's guy. just let's just put it all out on the table. I right said now. he looked a little like Ted Danson. Oh, it's implied that it's handsome. <laughs> uh, so now the audience votes. And then we go into the dates. And the first date was with Mark, the wrestler, boxer, the fighter. 50-foot-tall shrieking skull. This man was the most unpleasant um, visual, auditory. I had a flavor. I had a t- I, he projected this flavor into my mouth that was so awful. And... He was the worst person I've ever like seen say anything on a television show before, and because of his enormous size, thanks to the, this jumbo screen, <laughs> I felt very much like I was watching like Andy Cohen initiate the two minutes hate for like everybody to just like look up at this screen and feel animosity towards. Yeah, this the human audience being. immediately turned on him, and he was very confrontational with the audience. That's why I thought like maybe he had a, a, a like a, he was a heel in wrestling, but yeah. um, it wasn't. I I don't think it was all just for show because he also seemed like the biggest shithead ever. Yeah, he said that his first impression of Ramona was that she was out of his age range. <laughs> Literally, the first words out of his mouth. He pops up on the screen. He's like, "Hey, Ramona, you look a lot better today." And everybody's like, "What?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, she didn't look this good when I talked to her." I guess she, looked- she showed up wearing tennis shoes to the date, and he was very affronted. But it by wasn't that. just that; she looked a lot older when I hung out with her. She looks good now. Yeah, she said that she looked more like an aunt to him, like a u n t. See, okay, not, now not we're gonna like talk. Now life. we're gonna get into it because you make fun of me because I say aunt, but homonyms confuse. Homonyms are not great because they. They can confuse so when your you're intent. talking about the different forms of here. Do you say them differently? Do you say I? No, because I, can't I don't hear you. No, because the sound is too low. But if there was a di- like a divergent way of saying it, where people did say he are, and it could get your fucking intent across closer, like more more clearly, then I think so. But in this case, you say I think you look like an ant. I don't know if you're talking about the bug. I don't know if you're talking about my mom or dad's sister. So if I said, here's my Aunt Diane, you'd be looking around for an insect and not my no, actual it doesn't work in that mom's one. sister? No, not work in that one. I will be honest. This is maybe the only case in which it could be confused. <laughs> um, okay. So after he negs her a bunch. Like a lot. Like a lot. <laughs> We're laughing, but it really fucking sucked. Like it was really, 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 really shitty. She gives him a seven. Uh, which ends up seeming very generous because he gives her a five. She's not a five. No. She's an attractive woman. Uh, and she. <laughs> he sa- he says, you know, if, uh, first of all, this is when he turns on the audience. He's like, hey, fuck you. It was first impressions and I don't give up on somebody. Fuck this crowd. And he says, if you were dressed like that, like you dressed now when you came on this date, the number would have been higher. And she says, what does she say? She says, that's superficial. You don't look at the clothes. You look at the face. And it's like... Yeah, you said judge on the face, not on the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that's superficial. No. Hey, you're being superficial. You judge a person by their face prettiness, not their outfet. <laughs> Holy shit. As the first part of their date, they go to the zoo. 
Uh, he says, I hadn't been there since I was a kid, and so I thought it'd be fun. Fuck you. <laughs> like, this is literally about the heat that he was. He was. I thought it was, I did it when I was a little boy. I haven't been. I thought you wouldn't be either here. So fuck this audience. I was really hoping to hear more about the zoo, to be honest. I yeah. thought it would be like, oh, yeah, you know, the elephants just had a baby elephant. And so we spent some time there. And then we got some cotton candy and looked at the monkeys. But no. I hate these fucking monkeys. No details on the zoo. They're stronger than me. We do get a lot of details, though, on where they had dinner. Uh, because he oh said God. after he saw how she was dressed, he decided not to take her to a fancy Italian restaurant, but to a chain Italian restaurant. The audience gasps in unison. and Well, I think if we watched Real Housewives, we would be more shocked, potentially. But still, the tone in which they spoke of a fucking olive garden or a, like, uh, a Fazoli's. Fazoli's was like, <laughs> they, were, they were summoning Voldemort or something. It was... You went to a chain restaurant? Ramona says that they were provided with a lot of bread uh, and that um, our buddy Mark here not only took home the bread and the salad, but also her dish. Sounds like maybe Mark wanted to fucking go to an olive garden and he's just (laughs) kind of being a dick about it. Also, if you thought she was going to be wearing like a nice, like fancy outfit and like heels and you took her to the zoo, you're a fucking idiot anyway. That's a good point. Be difficult to walk around. Difficult to walk around. Zoo's a long walk. You don't want to do that in uncomfortable clothes. Yes. And shoes. Uh, at the end of their date seems to get a little better. They apparently had a good conversation where they got to know each other. Uh, and that his impression of her improved, uh, but it was not a love connection. Did we talk about him revealing his abdominal stuff? Yeah, I was going to leave that out because we already mentioned that he hits himself in the stomach a lot. He flashes his stuff. And again, his abs are as tall as six Andy Cohens projected on that enormous, <laughs> enormous screen. Uh, he had a, you know, you get a six pack. He had a, he had a six. Still a six pack, but. He had a six Andy. He had six, he had six <laughs> dumpsters of man just sort of rippling up there. It was awful. So then we move on to Kenneth. Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth took Ramona to a winery and he gave her a wine stopper, uh, that said, let the adventure begin on it. And then when he saw her on the screen after their date, he said, may our adventure continue. So he clearly, he put some work into this theme. Well. Uh, she gives him a nine. He gives her an eight, uh, says that she was very down to earth, uh, but that he went in for the kiss and she pulled away, which she thought was because all the cameras were around. But hey, Ramona's pretty used to cameras, I would think. Yeah, I think maybe she just wasn't feeling it, my man. Uh, wow, we got through Kenneth real quick. (laughs) There weren't a lot of details. Sorry, K-Dog, we just burned your shit down real fast. There weren't a lot of details on Kenneth. Uh, finally, Rich. Yeah. Uh, Rich, oh, Rich, apparently, according to Andy, looks a lot like Ramona's ex. Uh, and he thought she was, was gorgeous. Was Ted Danson? I There's an outside so. chance it could be no, Teddy D. Ted Danson has been with Mary Steenburgen forever. Oh, that's right. They have the best love. Is it better than her? It might be. They're Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Yeah, yeah, shit. I mean, God, I love Mary Steenburgen. Holy shit. I know. And Ted Danson. They're and Ted Danson. Great. They're both really, really great. Whew. I'm getting all sweaty over here. <laughs> we can aspire to that. We'll get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Maybe of our generation. We can be yeah. the Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Once they pass. Uh, 
What did you just say? Once they pass. <laughs> Once they pass. I don't even want to think about that. I love them both Why so much. Did you say you that? are the one who brought it up. You were no. saying that we could be the next ones. As in, like. In succession, that's how it works, babe. No. Game of Thrones, you live or you die. No. Like, once we were married, as long as they were married. And clearly, yes, that would have mean they would have passed. <laughs> um, okay, so they both rate each other a 10. Yeah, they're into it. Which is wild. Um also, it's worth pointing out that I guess at this point he didn't know that she was on, she was the real housewife of New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she didn't bring it up either. Um, so she thinks he is movie star handsome and she loves the fact that he has kids and that he is crazy about them because she has a daughter. Uh, and yeah, this is where he brings up that, you know, she talked about her, her kids and, and, things that she loves, but never mentioned that she made a living as a real housewife. Yep. Uh, and so we get a selfie video from Rich where he talks about how beautiful she is and how they have a lot in common. Uh, he ordered dinner for them uh, and they have sushi. And then Andy asks if there's a kiss and he says, I'm going to defer to the lady on the kiss. And Andy says, I bet you did kiss. And she told you that we were not talking about it on national television. And they both smiled demurely. While secretly managing their brands in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and this is where Andy says his catchphrase. And I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. He says, we don't let fate decide. We let the date decide. Yeah. I mean, that is technically what you're doing. That's his thing. That's his two and two, like Chuck Woolery. It's not as good as two and two. No, it's not. Well, I don't know what he would say now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, fucking... The, Four and 35. It's an Arby's commercial screaming at you and waking up your baby because it's 10 times louder than Love Connection. Uh, Welcome to Love Connection. We'll be back after the commercial. Arby's! Uh, so the audience and Ramona both pick Rich. So Ramona gets $10,000, which she says she is... Donating to the Joyful Heart Foundation. Yeah, it's a uh, nonprofit for domestic violence. And that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and so this is where they did something I wasn't expecting, which was the overnight date check-in. So all the couples that got overnight dates, they check in to see how it went. All three couples had broken up. All two. It just felt like three. It felt like we've been watching oh, three yeah, couples worth right. of people, but it was really just the two. Yeah, they show um, Ramona dumps Rich. Yeah, uh, she says, after a few weeks because he doesn't live close enough. He was GU geographically uncompatible. Yes, and isn't it incompatible? Huh? Huh? Food for thought. Uh, and the magician and the fire dancer broke up after a week because he quote disappeared. Yeah, they they said that like he did one last magic trick. And disappeared. And then they showed like a clip of them like on a date and him disappearing. And I kept thinking like, how did they get that footage? Of his real magic trick where he made himself disappear? No. Of if they're filming this date or they're doing like pickup shots of them like on a date. And then he disappears in this like pickup shot that they had. Had they broken up already at that point? Oh, that's a good point. How did they get that shot? Well... I don't know. I mean, they showed footage of Ramona in her apartment. 
But I guess Rich wasn't there. No. Very yeah. confusing. I don't know how they did that. This was a love connection. It was, uh, weirdly enough, I've had a lot of fun talking about it. It's an extremely bad I show. Yeah, I wouldn't Holy watch shit. It again. I wouldn't watch this with my worst enemy's eyes. It was, it was really, really, a really tough watch. And again, like, just really nasty. Like, really very, very mean. The uh, first dude that came out for Ramona and sort of the whole conversation between, like, the first two women for, for, uh, on, on Ricardo's side of things, like, were really, really, really tough. Um, and, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it seems like the contestants are motivated to be as cruel as possible. And the game is like designed to be as cruel as possible. The fact that there is a meet a person and then put a number rating on them. And then later we will try to use that number rating to like fucking start some shit between the two of you, regardless of whether or not it, it you have a good date or not. I don't know, man. It sucks. Uh, but again, like I had fun talking about it. It was, it was a patently sort of ridiculous show and i really just can't get over that shrieking skull man did did we even mention that he was wearing a fedora the whole time we didn't i decided not to comment i'm gonna comment on he's wearing a fucking fedora the whole time (laughs) um so yeah that was love connection uh hey so we're gonna be doing a couple more of these i don't have we talked about what we're gonna be doing next week have we figured out what we're gonna be doing next week we have not but we will uh look on twitter and facebook we'll let you know yeah we'll find something and uh we'll let you know what we're watching uh as we sort of transition into a new thing we are still figuring it out we're talking to max fun about how to make it be as smooth a transition as is possible and um we will let you know as soon as we have figured that stuff out and please hang in there a lot of I, i think a lot of folks like have been very very patient and understanding as we as we sort of change directions, we will continue a bit. to put shows out every week. Yep. We are not canceling not this canceling podcast. Anything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Until next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a hoard of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventures? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroys. We host the Adventure Zones, a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs>